All right, everybody, welcome back to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast. I'm Devin Davidson, your host. With me, as always, my co-hosts, Bruce Gunther and John Enns. Boys, what's happening? Everything's happening really fast tonight. <laughs> yeah, I guess you were uh, <laughs> just showing up to the show a little bit late here. I'm a little late, so I'm just to okay. get everything open. Uh, not with us, as always, is our special guest here, Nate Groot Nibelink. Did I get that right, Nate? That's it, yeah. Close. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to hop on the show and talk some hockey with us. We really appreciate it. No worries. Glad to be um, here. So Nate is going to take some time and talk about the uh, zero-G draft strategy that he kind of authored here. Uh, we're really excited to have him on and, and talk about that a little bit. We're going to get to Nate quickly, shortly, but I, I just want to run through the hockey news really quick here first, guys. There's a couple things that, that went on over the past week here, uh, and then we'll we'll jump into zero-G. So First off, Sveshnikov agreed to an eight-year contract, $62 million, with an AAV of 7.75. Um, not a surprise there, but obviously a, a big signing for him, and, and Carolina to have them around or have him around for the next little while is uh, real positive for the team. Sean Couturier agreed to an eight-year contract, identical, $62 million, 7.75 AAV. Uh, he's an elite two-way, cent- two-way center. Um, not much else to say there. This one's kind of big for the Habs. Actually, Carey Price is expected to be ready when the Canadians begin training camp next month after uh, he had knee surgery July 23rd. So that's some big news. We weren't really sure how long he'd be out, and that fits well with our topic this week, talking about goalies. Um, And I guess we should have mentioned this at the top of the show here. So we are finishing our How to Win Your Hockey League series and focusing on goaltenders this week, which obviously is why we have Nate coming on talking about goalies. Um. This one's kind of funny. So the Carolina Hurricanes tendered an offer to Jesperi Kakaniemi for one year, $6.1 million. I don't really understand this beyond the the obvious troll job that it is. Um, it's pretty funny, right? The $20 signing bonus and, and some of the nonsense that went on there. I'm, I'm actually, I know, John, Bruce, you guys have some thoughts on this, but Nate, obviously being a guest here, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on the, the offer sheet. And does it really make... Carolina any better short and long term yeah and, and is he me, worth six yeah sorry go ahead for 6.1 million I don't think so he hasn't shown anything yet anyway he's still fairly young but um uh, I think yeah it was pretty much just spite and kind of the old boys code if you do this to us we're gonna come back next year um but yeah we'll see I I can't imagine Montreal actually matches it uh, I think they'll just take the first and third at this point. But uh, as far as fantasy goes, I don't see Kotkaniemi doing much on Carolina. Like he's not even going to crack the second power play, much less the first power play. So I don't think yeah. he's going to be too relevant for us. No, not at all. Um, someone I, on Instagram said, well, he might be worth $4 million. And I said, that's being generous. Like I think uh, Elliot Friedman said they were in discussions for about $2.5 million was the offer from Carolina from uh, Montreal and I, and I think that's probably more fitting than what we're seeing here but you can't blame a guy for signing a six million dollar contract if it's thrown in front of him so uh John any thoughts on that that offer sheet situation no there? I just thought it was funny how Carolina come out there and made the offer with the 20 dollar signing bonus uh I don't see any way that um Montreal um takes that one either I think they take the draft picks and, and they run for it um, I think there's way more value in that in the long term, anyways. So, okay, uh, Bruce, anything to add to that? 
If I'm Montreal, I'm taking the draft picks, I'm bundling them up, and I'm sending them to Buffalo for Eichel. And that way they'll forget exactly who Kakaniemi is after that. Yeah, if Bergevin can flip that, it won't matter what Carolina does with them after. After losing to no, they don't have a lot of center depth there in Montreal, right? So that would be nope. that'd be huge if they could somehow squeeze Eichel out there. But that's something I could see Bergevin, do, Bergevin doing. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and just the last little bit of news here, guys, is according to Emily Kaplan from ESPN, it appears as though the NHL, NHLPA, the IIHF, and the IOC are closing in on an agreement that would send NHL players back to the Olympics in 2022. I'm excited about this. It's been a long time since we've seen NHL players at the Olympics. Um, John and I are talking just before the show. Like it, it really excites me the thought of seeing potentially aligned with McDavid and McKinnon. Um, you know, a Crosby, Marshan, Bergeron, Bergeron line, Kale McCarr, Dougie Hamilton. Like it just it's it would be an incredible team to watch. And uh and not that the US and other countries don't have a lot of talent too, but you'd have to think that Canada would be the favorite in that situation. Okay, so with that, um, Nate, again, glad to have you on. So everybody, it's it's Nate uh, Groot Nublink. His website here is applesandgenos.wordpress.com, so go check him out there. Uh, you'll find his Twitter on there as well. It's at apples and, applesgenos. Um, I'm going to put all this stuff in the show notes as well, so if you do want to reach out to, to Nate or kind of check out his content, feel free. Uh, let's send him some love out there for sure. So Nate's been playing fantasy hockey for over 10 years now and started Apples and Genos in March of 2020. I guess, Nate, your focus is to help people improve their process and how they think about um, the game and how they make decisions. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. basically the premise. All right. Um, when you check out his website, uh, be sure to, to check out his Discord server as well. Um, is that pretty active for you, Nate, on a, on a daily basis? Yeah, yeah, I'm in there every day. We've got over 100 members in there now. So, nice. yeah, we've uh, obviously it was a little slow during the summer, but with things yeah. starting to pick up now, everybody's starting to get back into the swing of things and lots of questions rolling in every day. That's awesome. Good for you. I The Discord thing is new to me. I I just jumped in on a, another Discord server for a different fantasy podcast just to check it out and snoop around. Um but it's something that, yeah, it's it's new and it seems to be catching on a lot of podcasts, not even just hockey, but in general are, are seeming to use them for different things. So, Yeah, I really like it. It's just a great way to have a community and a really easy way to just talk hockey, even if it's not fantasy, just talk hockey. So, Yeah, definitely. Okay, so today, like I said, we're going through our How to Win Your Fantasy Hockey League, focusing on goaltenders. Um, with that, we've brought Nate on to talk about his zero-G draft strategy. So the link is in the show notes as well. Definitely go check out that blog post. Um, but Nate, can you give our listeners a quick summary of the article and exactly what the zero-G draft strategy is? Yeah, so zero-G draft strategy is basically just saying you should not take goalies early on uh, in your fantasy hockey drafts. Um, I've always kind of ascribed to this strategy personally to some extent, uh, but this summer was the first time I actually kind of crunched the numbers, so to speak, and uh, decided to figure out exactly, um, try to quantify it, I guess, what what taking a goalie early versus taking a goalie late would actually mean for your, your fantasy squad. So what I did was I took some uh, Yahoo numbers. Um, I checked out the uh, average draft position. So 
where goalies were being drafted, one one through like 30, and then uh, where they finished uh, at the end of the year, what their final end-of-season finish rank was, basically. And what I found was the top 15 guys drafted by average draft position basically performed no better than the next 15, so players 16 through 30. Uh, there is a minor difference in the average uh, end of season performance, like uh, three three spots, I think. I think it was like an average of 22 versus 25. And that's all in the article, wow. obviously, if you want to read. Um, but basically what that means is you're really, not only are you not getting an advantage by taking a goalie early, you're actually hurting yourself because you're introducing a lot of variance in valuable rounds of your draft where you could be targeting um, uh, much less variable assets, basically, in skaters. Um, So that's the basic premise. Um, Whether that means you start drafting goalies in the eighth round or that means you wait until the last two rounds of your draft uh that's a little more up in the air that's not something i've actually quantified i have my own thoughts on it but um yeah that's the basic premise okay so that was a question i had is is how little is the zero part of that strategy so you just kind of said well maybe in the eighth round maybe in the 18th round what's your general philosophy on when you should grab a goalie i I guess obviously things happen in the draft room you can't control there's runs on defensemen or this and that but um, what's your general thought going in? My general thought going in is I'm completely comfortable saving goalies until my last two picks. I have no problem wow. doing that in a standard, like kind of 12 team league. Uh, I know that sounds pretty crazy to a lot of people, <laughs> but, uh, if you just look at the kind of goalies we had come off the wire, even last year alone, like, um, Thatcher Demko wasn't drafted in a lot of places and he really emerged and looked like a really strong option until he got injured. Uh, Kevin Lankinen was an early season star. Jack Campbell came on down the stretch and carried a lot of people to fantasy championships. Um, so all those guys were waiver wire guys in a lot of leagues. And, uh, if you follow a zero G strategy where you're saving goalies till the very end, you're going to be on those guys because you're going to be churning those spots all the time. And when you do hit on one, then it's just money in the bank at that point. Yeah. I, I love to work the waiver wire throughout the season. So that really appeals <laughs> to me. And Bruce knows that as well. I, I think I'm the guy with the most acquisitions every season, but mm-hmm. um, that would make a lot of sense from the goal tank perspective. Um, yeah. There's, there's, like you said, you hit on a lot of big names there. Nedeljkovic was one that I was a, a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go off the board here just for a second. I really want to hear your thoughts on what occurred in Carolina with Nedeljkovic. They, I mean, it still baffles me that he, he got moved when, you know, they, I think the offer for him, they were offering him, it was a million and a half was kind of what they had sent or what yeah, I heard it was anyway. A so real low ball offer. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not sure what what their uh, grand strategy was there. Uh, they must not have been terribly high on him originally, uh, like prior to the season, and then kind of viewed his season as a bit of an outlier. Um, but, I mean, I don't see uh, Frederick Anderson as a huge upgrade at this point in his career. He's kind of had a couple years of decline at this point, to my eyes anyway, uh, and injury problems on top of that, um, like, groin kind of stuff that you kind of worry about recurring um so um yeah that was that was just as mind-boggling to me as it was to the vast majority of people yeah okay um 
just to get back to zero G then. So kind of what was your inspiration for that strategy? Like where, where did that come from? Like it was just one of those things you said, you know what, I've, I've had some bad luck with goaltenders throughout the season and I wasted draft capital or, or how did that come about? Yeah, I'd kind of heard this phrase kicking around, like, goalies are voodoo. Like, I don't know if it's yep, a fantasy hockey thing or yep. <laughs> uh, if it's a, just a general hockey thing. Um, but that, that was kind of the, the catalyst, I think. And I kind of, like I said, applied it a little bit. Like, I would try to fade goalies a little bit more actively. Like, to me, originally, that was more like, you know, I won't take one till the sixth round or I won't take one till the seventh round or eighth round, maybe. Yeah. Um, but now that I've actually gone back and quantified it. Yeah. Now I'm fading them a lot harder, but yeah, it was, it was kind of a combination of a catchphrase and then, uh, yeah, just some play where I was like, man, these goalies are just never pan out for my teams. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Um, so with this year's group of goaltenders, I guess we, well, we touched on this, sorry. So yeah, we covered that. Um, in a typical 10 or 12 team draft, like, can you kind of run us through whether you want to do this round by round, like I, we were talked about, or do you just want to give me kind of your, your basic outline on a draft when you sit down, you know, what are you looking for in the first, you know, two, three, four rounds and then, and then beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. So in a typical 10 or 12 team draft round one is probably going to be a top forward. Uh, just like most people, I think this year we kind of got a pretty clear top four in a lot of people's eyes with McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews, Dreisaitl, um, maybe Kucherov for some people. Um, but generally that's a top four or top five. Kale McCarr is probably the only defenseman that works his way into this round. And then Vasilevsky from goalies is some, somebody that a lot of people have. I personally am not going to touch Vasilevsky in the first round. If he gets to like end of the second round, then I might start thinking about it just because if he does stay healthy, he is a positional advantage. Um, yeah. But I also have done some minor work, I guess I would say, not like uh, super in-depth that suggests that goalies are pretty injury-prone compared to the average player. And obviously in your first few rounds, you want to avoid that at all costs. So in the first round, yeah, I probably got a forward, maybe Kale McCarr. That's probably my go-to. The next couple rounds, I probably want one defenseman. I am a proponent of grabbing a elite defenseman, I guess you could say, just because of the value over replacement that you can get there. Uh, especially in, in like Yahoo leagues where you got six, you're starting six forwards versus four defensemen. Um, it just makes a lot of sense to get that value over replacement to have an elite D at least one, uh, by round six, I probably want my second defenseman. So I'm probably looking at two D, uh, four forwards by round six. And then from there on, I I really want to kind of stay water, I guess you could say. And, uh, just take what the draft gives me. If I got four defensemen by round 10, I'm fine. If I've got still only got two, I'm probably fine. And then, yeah, like I said, I'm probably fading goalies right to the bitter end. Uh, I know it's not a, it's not a strategy for the faint hearted, but that's probably what I'm going to be going with in almost every league this year. I absolutely love that. You got to risk it to get the biscuit, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I guess with that, can you give us a couple breakout candidates for next season, whether it's goaltenders or any other player in particular that you kind of have your eye on? Sure. Yeah, for goalies, uh, Spencer Knight, obviously, he's a pretty popular one, I think. It'll be interesting to see how the 
fantasy hockey community kind of values him when drafts start really kicking off and whether he's going to be valued like he's Florida's starter right off the get-go or if he's going to get faded a little bit just because he's kind of unknown to most people who weren't paying attention during the playoffs. Uh, But his upside, at least, on that Florida team is uh, pretty much unmatched. Uh, He could just absolutely go nuclear if Bobrovsky goes nuclear in a bad way and (laughs) and he goes off. Um, Another one I like, Ilya Sorokin. Uh, Varlamov is 33, pushing 34 now, so uh, we could be seeing some decline there. And I think it's pretty obvious they want Sorokin to be the next guy, so we could start to see some of that transition and then uh, Cal Peterson out of Los Angeles. I do think Los Angeles made some nice plays this year. Um, uh, in the offseason, Philip Deneau is going to really help them out down the middle. Um, so I really like Cal Peterson to take another step. He was actually pretty good in terms of rate stats on a bad team last year. So if that team takes a step this year, it's a young team. It definitely could. Then uh, Cal Peterson could really take a step and uh, be a value. I just checked uh, Yahoo's ADP just before I hopped on here. And obviously it's all over the map because it's just mock drafts from random people at this point. But he was the goaltender 45. Uh, So I don't think that'll last. But uh, if I could get (laughs) Cal Peterson as goaltender 45, I'd be laughing. Um, In terms of uh, other guys, uh, the number one guy I've been banging the drum for so far this offseason is Oliver Wallstrom uh, from the Islanders. Uh, Eberly went off to Seattle. There's a yep. clear spot on that top line, top power play. And uh, Wallstrom's advanced stats look really good, actually. I had a tweet a little while back just comparing his uh, uh, his advanced stats to some of the best rookie seasons from the past five years. And he's right up there with Matthews, Brady Tichuk, um, Fiala, I forget all the names, Aho, Svechnikov. Like He's right up in that hitters. group. Um, so if he gets the, if he gets the workload, if he gets up on that first line, first power play and skates like 17 minutes a night, I think he could really be in line for a 50, maybe even 60 point season if he really hit. Um, so that'd be a big step from where he was and could be really nice for you in the later rounds. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I actually grabbed him off the waiver wire last year in uh, our ESPN league, Bruce, and, and he was well. He was a bit streaky, right? He just wasn't getting the deployment that you'd maybe like to see. But as a rookie, I think he was he was great last year. Um, going back to goaltending, though, Cal Peterson, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think the Kings are going to be better than most people expect this year. Philip Tenor, like you said, is a big get, no question. Uh, Victor Arvidsson, I think, is due for a bounce-back season. And I actually think Kopitar is going to be a lot better this year just based on the fact he doesn't have to do quite as much heavy lifting defensively. I think that's going to land on to know and uh, he's going to be fresher and he'll be better for it. So I, th- I think you can probably get him at a bit better price point this year, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, Spencer Knight, I guess, well, I guess two questions here for you. So Spencer Knight, is he going to get that starting role to start or do you think it's going to fall back to Obrovsky based on contract? I think they'll probably start with Bob. Uh, they don't want to put it probably on the kid right away. Uh, just seems to be the way these things go. Um, yeah. And then it it's kind of if you if you start night like uh, the very first game of the year, then you're kind of already admitting defeat on Bobrovsky, and I don't think they really want to do that. Uh, yeah. So I I imagine that'll be kind of a one A one B situation all year. They kind of did the same thing with Drieger last year, right? Uh, yeah. But they also. They also didn't mind starting Drieger back to back if he was playing if he was getting hot. So 
I think yeah. uh, Knight certainly has the talent to get hot. Um, and if he does, I think they'll just ride him. Awesome. Uh, Cal Peterson, I, we're going to talk about him later in the show. What are your thoughts? How many wins and how many shutouts do you have him pegged for? I, I just as off the top of your head. Yeah, off the top of my head, I do think he's going to be close to a workhorse this year. I think Quick's really trended down. Uh, and I do expect Los Angeles to at least be in the mix in that division. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a little bit of a weaker division, I think, compared to some of the others. So uh, I think they will be actually kind of pushing for that uh, final spot, and that'll keep them interested in winning games, and that'll keep Cal Peterson in the net. So um, he could push. I don't want to say he's going to go off the walls and get like 35 wins or anything, but he should he should probably get 25 wins, maybe 30 if he if they really get rolling. Um, as far as shutouts, probably three to five somewhere. I do expect them to be a little better defensively as well. So uh, I think that's okay. definitely realistic for him. Wow. I, you're definitely higher on him than I am. I, I, I like him, but I, I had 23 wins and two shutouts as the over under. So, and I, and I would take the over on that, but, um, okay. That's interesting. That's great to hear. Um, what did we have here next guys? Uh, you may mention already, but bounce back season. Is there any particular goalies you want to talk about where you think they're set for a bounce back here? Yeah, I think uh, Ilya Samsonov from Washington could probably see a solid bounce back. They uh, they chose to protect him over Vanacek, even though Vanacek kind of had the better year, the more consistent year anyway. Um, yeah. But it seemed like Samsonov just had kind of a year where he couldn't get untracked almost. He had a couple of bouts with the COVID list. And um, yeah. so I think he is still the prospect. Everybody thought he was, he should, uh, should get the starters role this year, at least the one, a uh, kind of role. And it's still a good team in Washington. I don't think they're uh president's winning team anymore, but uh, it's still a solid team. So I think he'll have a bounce back year. A um, couple others. I do like Jacob Markstrom. Uh, again, that same kind of, a little bit weaker Pacific division. And uh, again, just a weird year. I think it was a hard year for goalies to go between teams. Uh, yeah. So this year, I think second year in Calgary, he could uh, pick things back up a little bit. I think that Calgary is going to try to play a little bit more of a defensive game under the new coach as well. So uh, that could benefit him. And then uh, Anton Kudobin, uh, I think could bounce back this year. He's getting older, so there is always that worry. Um, but Dallas, I mean, they were missing Sagan and Radulov for most of last year. They had some big breakouts, Rupa Hints and uh, Jason Robertson. So if everybody's healthy and they uh, all play to their potential, they could have a pretty good team in front of them, and that could at least lead to some cheap wins. So uh, he could definitely bounce back as well. Yeah, I think this podcast, we're high on Dallas for next season, for sure, no question. They've got a lot of talent there, and like you said, if everyone's healthy, it makes a difference. What do you make of the goaltending situation there, though? Like they, the the Holpe signing was was odd to me. Yeah, um, yeah, the Holpe signing was pretty odd to me too. I thought Ottinger played pretty well, and I thought they would kind of roll with him and Kudobin all year. Um, but clearly, they thought Ottinger needed another year. That also tells me that Ben Bishop, they don't expect him to play this year. Uh, so he's pretty much off the board, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I I don't think Holpe's. Uh, a whole lot of anything at this point. Uh, he kind of <laughs> flamed out quickly. He had that terrific run with the Capitals and then uh, kind of tailed off after that. But uh, So I think he's a clear backup there. Uh, so I do like Kadobin to get a, a solid amount of work. 
Okay, interesting. Uh, John, Bruce, you guys have any other questions you want to throw out there? Goaltending related? No, you covered all of them. Yep, basically. Okay. Okay, no, that that's great. That was really in-depth. I appreciate that, Nate. Um, gives, gives us and our listeners a lot to think about for sure. Uh, with that, we're going to move on to our rapid fire segment. So we just want to get your thoughts on a few different topics. I'm just going to ask, you know, quickly and, and, uh, you don't have to go into a lot of detail if you don't want to, but we'll, we'll go through these and get your thoughts on them. So who's your pick this year to win the Vesna? I think if you're betting against Vasilevsky, you're probably doing it wrong. Uh, that being said, <laughs> if any, if I had to pick somebody else, I'd pick Robin Leonard. Okay. Safe bet there. Uh, pick to win the Hart trophy. I uh, got to go McDavid here. Uh, clear best player in the game right now. Uh, if I couldn't pick McDavid, I'd go McKinnon. Okay. Uh, actually, that just brought something else up for me. So you'd mentioned the top four is fairly clear cut. In, in your mind, if you're going to rank that top four, what does that look like for you? Uh, for me, McDavid, clearly the number one. I do think McKinnon has the highest potential beyond that. Uh, if you want to get into... You know, Dreisaitl generally carries left-wing eligibility, and maybe that's worth something to you. You can ar- make an argument to pull Dreisaitl up. Uh, but for okay. me, it would be McDavid, McKinnon, uh, Matthews just for the goals edge. Goals is the hardest thing to come by, especially in categories leagues. Uh, so okay. I'd go McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews, Dreisaitl if I had to do it today. And then Kucherov at five. Yeah. Okay. All right, perfect. Um so the, I guess this, you probably already answered this question, but win for the or who's going to win the Rocket Richard Trophy? Yeah, I think you got to bet on Matthews here. Uh, he's going to skate like 23 minutes a night. That top power play, that power play was actually bad for most of last year. Um, so I think he could do pretty much what he did last year, close to a 60 goal pace. If I had to bet on somebody else, I guess Drysaitl or Ovi could have a kind of a, another outlier season again. Just shoot a ridiculous percentage and maybe challenge him, but. Matthews has got to be the favorite. Yeah, I, I looked. Uh, obviously, we've been running with stats from the past three years, and Drysaddle is actually only one goal back currently over the past three seasons from Matthews. So it's not like it's that far off, right? But um, yeah, definitely Matthews is the best goal scorer I'd say right now in the league. Um, do you think losing Hyman affects his value at all for this upcoming season? Um. It can at five on five, at least until they figure out who that left winger is and they develop some chemistry. Uh, but like I said, I do think the power play is going to rebound from where it was. So I think that will kind of wash out. Uh, his his goal pace was probably a little higher than it should be. I think he shot uh, like 18% off the top of my head versus a career at like 15-ish. Right. Uh, so yeah. he could have been a little hot there. Um, so... Yeah, all things told, I think he comes back down, but he's still a 50-55 goal scorer year in, year out. Okay. Okay. Uh, win for the Selkie Trophy. I think this is one where people who get these votes kind of lock in their top few every year, and so <laughs> I think it's going to be Barkov again. I think it's just going to be the same old story. Uh, the one that I do like to overtake him is Joel Erickson Eck. He actually got a lot of love this year. He was fourth in voting. <laughs> Uh, okay. so if he scores a few more points and kind of puts himself more on the mainstream map, he could get in there. Okay. Is Eric Sinek a, a fantasy relevant player for you at this point? Like he had a, a good playoff, I think. Right. And, but where, where, where do you pick him right now? Uh, it really depends for me what their lines are going to look like. They got 
really two guys that I'm interested in, Kaprizov and Fiala. Um, so if he's playing with one of them and playing on the top power play, then I'm definitely interested. If he's some mismatch of not both those things, then I'm less interested. Fair enough. Uh, who's the pick uh, for you to win the Calder? Uh, this is going to be Marco Rossi for me. Uh, I really think okay. that he's going to walk straight into camp and right on to align with either Kaprizov or Fiala. Both, I think, would be really great compliments for him. Uh, yep. I just I look around at the other guys. Uh, Caulfield, obviously, is a favorite for a lot of people. Um, but it's a long season for a guy that small. I do wonder what his true ceiling is. It's not like Montreal's a powerhouse offensively. Um, That's right the best player to play with them would be Suzuki. He was a good player, but he's not a Kaprizov yep. or even a Fiala in my estimation. Um, and then Spencer Knight, I guess, would be another one. If he were to walk into a good share and take off, he could be that guy. Okay. The Jack Adams trophy. Jack Adams, I think uh, Gallant with the Rangers could be a, could be a pick. I think... Uh, it's usually some guy who kind of takes a fringe team and takes them deep. Kind of, that's just seems to be the way the Jack Adams goes uh, a lot of the time. And I think the Rangers are right on the cusp. They have a lot of uh, good prospects coming up. Uh, they could get hot. And I think that uh, people are overrating that division a little bit. If even one of Pittsburgh or Washington takes a little bit of a step back, then somebody's going to fill that void. And I think it could be the Rangers. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I didn't have it in the notes here, but the Norris Trophy. Norris Trophy, I think it's got to be McCarr. Guy averaged a point per game last year. If he does that again this year and plays a full 82, like there's just no way anybody's going to vote for anybody else. He's the whole package. You're, you're preaching to the choir, especially <laughs> Bruce. He just absolutely loves Gil McCarr. <laughs> oh, his highlights, like more than almost mm-hmm. any other player, I love watching Kale McCarr yeah. highlights. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, so is Adam Fox for that matter you mentioned the Rangers and, yep. and he had a great year last year so could be on that radar as well um, who's your president's trophy winning team for next season I think it could be Vegas uh, I think if they get uh, a little bit better play down the middle uh, it seemed like Chandler Stevenson uh, worked himself into a good role with Patrick and Stone on that top line um, so if they get good play down the middle and Robin Leonard stays healthy all year, um, maybe two big gifts, but, uh, like I said, that division is a little bit on the weak side, so they could pick up some free wins in the division. And then, uh, they're still obviously a very, very good team. So that's my, that's my pick for president's trophy this year. I'm just going to follow up question here quickly. So you sort of alluded to the injury history of Robin Leonard. Is that a concern for you next year? I mean, you know, if you're doing zero G, you probably don't care so much because you're going to go in the first couple of rounds, but um, thoughts on Leonard for next season. Can he handle uh, the load? And Yeah, I think he can handle the load. Like uh, last year, I believe it was concussion issues uh, that were the biggest problem for him. So those are always really hard to predict. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to uh, predict another concussion, but uh, there's always that risk. So uh, for me, that bumps him down a little bit. He's going to be an absolute stud, I think, when he is healthy. It's just going to be where you're willing to take that risk on his health. And I guess on that note, too, do you like Flurry in Chicago? Uh, I'm not sold that Chicago's a real terrific team next year. The defense core still looks pretty suspect to me. Um, 
beyond Seth Jones, do they really have another top pair defenseman who can play night in, night out against all the best uh, that the league has to offer? I'm not sure. Uh, so I think Fleury will definitely take a step back from where he was in Vegas. Vegas was a pretty perfect situation for him last year. Yeah, no question. Okay, uh, so Stanley Cup final matchup. I've got Colorado and Florida here. I think Colorado finally takes that next step. Um, They are obviously year in, year out for the last few years, one of the best regular season teams. Um, A lot of playoffs is actually luck. When you (laughs) drill right down to it, you get a few bounces. Uh, Game sevens especially, you never really know what's going to happen there. Uh, So I think this year they kind of put it all together and kind of leave no doubt on their way to the finals and then Florida like I look up and down that lineup if they get the goaltending uh then I don't see what the the weakness is even their decor it's a little unheralded beyond Ekblad but it's real solid and that forward depth is just unbelievable at this point with the additions they made Sam Reinhart coming in uh yeah they're just scary up front so I really like them to go a long way yeah, we, we gave them a lot of love on the last episode of the podcast, I think, as well. We were talking about Mackenzie Weger, and obviously the week before that was Sanders and Winger. Yeah, there's lots to like in Florida, so we're big fans of them too. So with that then, Stanley Cup winner for next season. I'll go Colorado here. Uh, yeah, I think they finally put it together. Again, you got another often injured goalie in Darcy Kemper there, but if he if and when he stays healthy, he's been fantastic the last few years. So uh, if okay. he's healthy for the the playoffs, then I think they can go all the way. And final question here, favorite NHL team? Uh, Actually, so, and I'm going to two-part this. So, you know, for you personally and then for in terms of fantasy. Okay. Uh, for me personally, I am a Leafs fan, unfortunately. Uh, it was passed down <laughs> for a couple of generations. And, yep. uh, yeah, so you can make all the jokes you want. There are, There's no way you can hurt me at this point. So, please. You've been just, through it all. Uh, just uh, pile on. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> uh, as far as fantasy, I do really like Florida. I do wonder if we're going to get consistent uh, fantasy production out of anybody not named Huberto Barkov or Ekblad, because uh, I think it could be a little bit of a revolving cast on the top power play and the top line and that. Um, so that'll be something to monitor for sure, because whoever is playing on that top power play is going to score a lot of points for us. That's so. That's a, actually brings up a good question. So, who ends up on that top power play unit in Florida? Like, does Sam Bennett get on that? Yeah, or Reinhardt? Like, who's going to be where? Yeah, it really depends what they want to do. Patrick Hornfist had a lot of success in kind of a net front role on that power play. Uh, I don't know if he's really going to reprise that role. It seems like that he might get pushed down the lineup a little bit this year. He is getting older as well. Um, so, it could be Sam Bennett who kind of takes over that role. I could see him doing that. He's kind of a scrappy dude. Uh, and then I think Sam Reinhardt, uh, they obviously targeted him and they want him to be there. So, uh, I think he'll probably lock down one of the other roles. Okay. Good stuff. Well, guys, I, that's all we got for you, Nate. Um, listen, we really appreciate you coming on. I could probably pick your brain all day, but, uh, obviously I know it's laid out where you are, so we'll, uh, we'll let you carry on with your day, but thank you so much for coming on. Um, for all of our listeners, guys, check out his website, applesandgenos.wordpress.com, uh, on, on Twitter, at applesgenos. Um, so show him some love. Go follow him. Check out his content. Really good stuff. 
uh, Nate, if it's, if it's cool with you, we'd love to have you back on again at some point throughout the season or, uh, you know, we'll, we'll sort something out, but I really enjoyed having you on. And I think you had a lot of, a lot of information, a lot of knowledge to offer. So, uh, we're great if we can have you back. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime. I love talking hockey. So <laughs> anytime. Great stuff. Okay. Well, John, Bruce, anything else you want to add or, or, uh, you know, ask before we send them off? No, you covered all my questions. Yeah. Off. Oh yeah. Everything was answered for me too. So thank you very much, Nate. <laughs> Yes, thank you very much. No worries. Thanks, awesome. guys. All right. Well, thanks, Nate, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. Wow. Well, um, that was awesome. Nate, that was Nate's, fantastic. Uh, yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of knowledge to offer, and, and definitely we want to try and have him back on um, sometime here in the near future. So um, he's a Leafs fan. Can't fault him for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all good. <laughs> all right guys so with that let's move on then to uh how to win your fantasy hockey league we'll finish up this series guide to goalies uh as we've been doing the past few weeks here we're just going to go through tiers we are doing goaltenders this week uh it's fantasy points per game over the past three seasons using espn standard scoring system and uh it does include wins which are five points saves at 0.2 points goals against at minus one shutouts at three points and overtime losses at one point so that's kind of the premise we're using to rank these goaltenders. And let's just jump right into it. So this isn't a two and a half hour podcast. <laughs> uh, on on that note, I, I am going to add chapters to this episode so that if you guys want to just jump from, you know, you'll know exactly where, where Nate's interview starts or ends and, and you can kind of get into the tiers. So I'll try and make that a little bit easier for you because this will be a bit longer. Um, so with that, let's go through tier zero. This is uh, seven fantasy points per game plus and there's only one goaltender in here and it's Andre Vasilevsky which I'm sure is not a shock to anyone after listening to uh, Nate in our last segment here so uh, you know we don't need to go through too much more he's we've talked about him at length in a number of episodes Um, he's the clear-cut best goaltender in the league right now and and if you're not following the zero g strategy you're probably taking him at uh this year looks like he's going somewhere between six and nine, right? I've seen even as high as five. Yeah. But are you guys prepared to take Andre Vasilevsky as high as five nope. this year? No, I, I wouldn't, but there, there will be someone that does. Yeah. Yeah. People have been asking me like, do you, who do you pick at five? Right. Cause we've talked about that clear cutting up four guys or five guys, but you know, do you go Kucherov or do you go Vasilevsky and, I mean, Nate sold me on zero G, so I'm pretty much I that that is bold to go your last two rounds goaltenders, right? But um, I'm going to stay away from Vasilevsky this year. Alrighty, let's move on then. Um, I, get, I I breezed over this, guys, but the the information on Vasilevsky is there. So if you want more information on ADP, uh, fantasy points per game, save percentage, high danger save percentage, all that kind of stuff, um, it is in the show notes as well. So feel free to uh, check that out. Uh, tier one is six fantasy points per game to seven fantasy points per game. So these are your elite goaltenders or your work workhorse goaltenders. And first up, we've got Robin Leonard, who, again, Nate just talked about. Um, he, he's an elite goaltender. He's going to play for a very good team. With Fleury moving on to Chicago, uh, Leonard finally has a chance to be a workhorse goalie for a contender. Uh, he's got Laurent Brassois there as his backup, who I actually think it can be a a serviceable goaltender in a backup role, right? Like he's done well in yeah. different places he's been. Um, but I think Leonard's going to see the bulk of the starts. I think 70% of the starts 
which will put him between 55 and 60 games played. Vegas has 13 back-to-backs, so safe to assume that Brassois gets uh, one start in each of those. Leonard's three-year average is 34 wins, five shutouts, 923 save percentage, 2.43 goals against average, and a 55% uh, quality start percentage, uh, as well as a 12.9 really bad start percentage. Um, He's probably going to be the second or third goalie off the board. So for you guys, do you like the over or under on 35 wins and four shutouts? He'll be close. He'll be very close to that. Uh, I'm gonna if he stays healthy, it'll be over. If he's not healthy, he'll be under. That's that's going to be the determining factor on that. His health. Yeah. So if you're a betting man, Bruce, you're going over or under. I'll go over. Okay. Yeah, me John? too. Uh, with that, I, I'm going to take the over too. Um, not because of him, just because of the team. Uh, yeah. Yep, I'll agree. I'll take the over on that. Okay, let's move on to Marc-Andre Fleury in Chicago. Obviously, we know now that uh, Nate is not real high on, on Chicago in general, but I, I I do think that team will be good. They're going to push for a playoff spot next season, mostly just because they're going to have Doc and, and Taze back. And I, I think, John, you'd agree, right? Uh, Doc's going to have, I think he's going to have a bounce back year. He's going to be really good. Um, and if Jonathan Taze is healthy, he should too. So with that, um, Fleury's ADP in 2020 was 133.5. Bruce, you got him really late in ESPN <laughs> last year. I got him really late. It was my one of my best picks of the season. For sure. Of course, he won the Vesna last year. Um, John's like the, the president of the Mark Andre Fleury <laughs> fan club. So of course, he loves Fleury here. <laughs> He's mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so fantasy points per game, 6.21. His save percentage, 914. His high danger save percentage was 807. Over the past three seasons, he's got 88 wins, which is third, 19 shutouts, which is first. Uh, team point percentage for Chicago last year was 0.491. I expect that'll be better this year. And his uh, the goal differential for Chicago was minus 25. So, you know, it, room for improvement there, but they're going to be a better team, I think, with some of the additions they've made. So um, the over or under, I've got here at 32 wins and four shutouts. What do you guys think? I think he'll end up being under. Okay. That's that's fair. It's, I I yeah, I'm kind of like Nate, I'm not I think there's some definitely some potential there, but I I'm looking I got to make a decision on it. It's I'm going with the under. It's Okay. I could see him. I could I could almost see Lincoln and and him splitting 50-50. You think so, eh? I I think it could it could end up being that much. Okay. And I'll take the opposite to that. I think they're going to just give Flurry all the starts. Like they've got a guy in Lankin they know that could be a, a starter for them, but they've got Flurry for one year, and they've got Kane and Taze, and I think they really just want to push for the cup. And my expectation is going to be that he'll be a workhorse for him as long as he's healthy. So I'll take the over on thirty-two wins and four shutouts. I'm John, taking the over on that one too. Um, of course, like you said, I'm the president of Flurry Fan uh, Flurry Fan Club, and uh, <laughs> I see uh, I see him wanting to make point, and I see him playing lights out. Uh, that one thing Chicago has been missing for for the last while is uh, is a tender who's got real pedigree in the league, and Flurry Flurry brings that in in mountains. So I I'm excited for that. Yes, he does. 
Did you get your uh, your Blackhawks flurry jersey yet? No, I can't because I already have a Blackhawks jersey. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, if anyone's looking for a Christmas gift for John, you just that's what you need to do. <laughs> well, I take jerseys in general, but <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. All right, let's get move on here. Then we've got Connor Hellebuck next from Winnipeg, uh, twenty twenty ADP of nineteen point two. His fantasy points per game over the past three seasons is six point zero nine. Uh, 917 save percentage, 827 high danger save percentage. He's second in wins with 89, third in shutouts with 12. The Jets' uh, point percentage was 563 last year, and their goal differential was plus 16. You can make an argument that after Vasilevsky, either Leonard or Hellebuck should be the next goalie off the board. Uh, for us, Hellebuck is likely the safer option, given that uh, we've seen his ability to handle a large start volume. He's he's usually getting around 80% of the starts in Winnipeg and, and handling it, right? He's He's got... Um, He's second in wins, third in shutouts for the past three seasons. Uh, excluding 2018-19, where the Jets struggled a little bit, his quality start percentage has been above 55% for the past four seasons. His three-year average numbers, 32 wins, four shutouts, 917 save percentage, like I said. Um, and they've actually bolstered their defense this year. So with Nate Schmidt and, and Brendan Dillon there, I think Hellebuck's peripherals could improve slightly it's not gonna be earth shattering but they're he's gonna have more stability there on the back end so bruce are you taking the over under 35 wins and five shoutouts uh oh, i think i'm going under on this one too okay but the fact that i'm making you think i guess we're not too far off then <laughs> no it, it's gonna be close it's and part of it's the division they play in too right they're not playing they're not in the Pacific Division, right? So, yeah, they got a tough division to play in. So, that, their competition is going to be a lot stiffer this year than it was last year. Yeah, for sure. John, Fui, uh, um, that's close. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take the under on that one too. Like, it's going to be real close, but yeah, I think I'm going to take the under on it. Um. I don't know. I didn't even know how to explain that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, I'm actually going to take the over. I'm thinking he's going to be, he might be at like 37 wins. That's my guess. Like three year average is 32. I think they're just going to be a little bit better this year. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my guess is 30, 37 wins for him. Let's move on to Igor Shesterkin, who a lot of people are high on Shesterkin this year. He he was really good last year for the Rangers. His 2020 ADP was 48.7. Uh, fantasy points per game was 6.10. A 921 save percentage, 852 high danger save percentage, which I think when I checked out Natural Statric, he was listed as fourth in terms of high danger save percentage over the past three seasons. Um, but two of those guys had only played a total of 10 games. So realistically, if you took those two goaltenders out of the list, he was second behind. I think it was Ben Bishop, actually, which was surprising. But anyway, um, 2021 team point percentage is 536, and the 2021 goal differential was plus 20. Good young team. Um, again, our guest just spoke about the New York Rangers and you know potentially having the Jack Adams winner come from New York, and, and I think they're going to be a good young competitive team this year too, so... Lots to like there, right? Um, yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, over under 30 wins and four shutouts. 
I'm not going to try not to be a, a downer here, but I'm going under too. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sold on the Rangers. I defensively, like scoring. What's your? I think scoring is going to be an issue for them this year. They traded okay. away their basically their second best winger. They traded away, and they're hoping that Lafreniere or Capo Caco can can they take a step and. Lafreniere is probably closer to doing that, but I don't know. That's a pretty big ask for only a second uh, second season in the NHL. And this yeah. is going to be an 82-game season, not a 50-game a season. So, I, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I think scoring is going to be tough for them this year. And again, too, I, I, they're, 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 t- they're in a tough division again this year, too. Like, yeah. they could be on the very easily on the outside looking in, like Nate mentioned earlier. It's... They're going to need someone to to slip for them to slide in, I think. Yeah, I, I didn't like them losing Buchnevich. I thought he, he played really well. And that's the only reason they moved him, right? It was because he was so good last season. John, uh, over under on 30 wins and four shots. Um, I'm going to take the over. I'm hoping for a balanced back season from Lafreniere and Kako. And really the rest of the team I'm hoping for. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to take the over on it. I'll take the over, too. I, I like Shesterkin. Um If I'm not following 0G, then, yeah, he's a guy that I'm going to target in the first five rounds, probably, right? I think he's, at talent level, he's he's right there. So, um, I, I didn't mention, but his, his quality start percentage is 61.7 and just six really bad starts. Um, so, so, some good numbers from him. Like I said, high danger state percentage is high. His, his save percentage was 10th. Um, lost lost to like from him. And I think NHL.com's got him ranked 38th overall. So he's he's pretty high up there. Next up, Darcy Kemper from Colorado. 2020 ADP, 106.4. Fantasy points per game of 5.90. 922 save percentage, 829 high danger save percentage, 53 wins, 9 shutouts. Um, Colorado's Team point percentage was 732, and their 2021 goal differential was plus 64. So obviously, his fantasy stock is is a huge riser after signing with the Avs this summer. How could it not be, right? Um, Colorado generated 34.6 shots on goal per game, which was second in the league, while allowing just 25.4 shots on goal, which was first. They were also first in goals for um, 3.52 per game and third in goals against at 2.36. Special teams are really good as well. Both the power play and PK were ranked eighth. You know, Kemper playing in Arizona put up some really good numbers. 922 save percentage, which is seventh. 2.35 goals against average, which is ninth. And nine shutouts, which was 12th. Over the, the past three years, his average numbers are 29 wins, five shutouts, a 922 save percentage, 2.35 goals against average, and a 65% uh, quality start rate. So good numbers there. He's, he's an elite goaltender when he's healthy, right? Absolutely. The big thing is going to be health, right? So if he can stay healthy, that wins and shutouts, he'll be he'll be over on both, provided he can stay healthy. Yeah, so over under 33 wins, four shutouts. Um, I, I'm going to take the under just because I, I have a feeling that he's going to be injured. Like it's going to, ha- it's, like, it's like clockwork almost, right? I think he's going to go down with injury at some point. And he'll get close to that, but I, I just, I don't know. I, th- I think it's going to happen, and, and that's why Suze is actually a guy that I want to talk about later, because I think he'll have some value later in the season. 
But John, what are you over under on on thirty three? Well, four? I'm not a fan of your negativity right now, so I'm gonna take the over on it. <laughs> um, I, I'm really hoping that he can stay healthy for a season. I'd love to see it. So um, I'm gonna put out some good vibes out there, and I'm gonna say the over on it, uh, just in the fact that I hope he doesn't get injured because I'd be really excited to see what he can do in a full season in Colorado. Well, and hey, he's a Saskatoon boy, so if he stays healthy and puts up 40 wins and eight shutouts, then maybe the couple come back to Saskatoon and we can uh, join there on the parade. Go. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I'd love to be positive about it. I just think it's, you know, and again, we're going to talk about Nate. He, he alluded to it as well, that goalies are injury prone or more so than a lot of players. And and on top of that, Kemper's shown that he has an injury history. So I just think it's going to happen at some point, whether it's it's serious or not, but it's a concern for me. So, I don't think it's going to happen this season. He's the past few seasons in color and sorry in in the desert there. He's making saves to keep the team in it. Right? He's not going to have to make all those athletic and acrobatic say and all that stretching and stuff that he had to do in in Arizona. He's not going to have to do that in Colorado. He's going to be yep. playing behind a much more sound defense. So, I think he's going to stick out a full season and he's going to blow those numbers away. Okay. Fair enough. I'm giving Bruce's. I, I do like. Sorry, I was just going to I'm giving Bruce a virtual high five right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just in my defense, I like Kemper. I just don't like his injury. Yeah, we don't too, like so. your attitude. All right, that's fair <laughs> enough. Right, let's move on. Though. Let's let's go to, uh, we're moving on to tier two here. So this is five to six fantasy points per game. These are legitimate starters. Um, some in good situations, some not so much. First up, we've got Tristan Jari. 2020 ADP of 79.6, fantasy points per game of 6.11, 914 save percentage, 802 high danger save percentage, 45 wins and five shutouts. The Penguins' team point percentage was 688, and their goal differential was plus 40. So team-wise, they've actually put up some good numbers. Um, We all know the season did not end well for Tristan Jari and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Bruce, I know you love that pass, that big pizza he threw right up the middle. Um, <laughs> that was that was a great pass. <laughs> you know, it's tough. They they struggled with the Islanders in, in their defense. The Islanders almost went back to the Cup final again this year. So, um, but fortunately for for Jari, the coaches and management still appear to have some faith in him. But one thing I wanted, to, I, I found this in my research. So, excluding the first quarter of the season, Jari went like where he went two, four and one with an eight fifty seven save percentage and one quality start. He was actually pretty good. So from February 6th to May 4th, his record was 22, six and two. Only Vasilevsky had more wins in that stretch with 23. He had two shutouts, a nine nineteen save percentage, a 2.49 goals against average, a 10.37 goal saved above average and a 62.5 quality start percentage, which was first with 20 quality starts amongst all goaltenders. So a lot of people are going to be down on him too. That's the other thing. His his value right now is down, and there's no reason that Pittsburgh shouldn't be shouldn't be good again next year. Um, maybe I you know maybe they take a slight step back, but I I kind of like Jari as as a value pick in that tier two range here. So what do you guys uh, what do you think? I've got the over under here set at 33 wins and three shutouts. John, give me your thoughts on Tristan Jari, and uh, are you taking the over? Um... I think I'm going to take the under on that one. Uh, Only reason I'm saying that is I really like the Pittsburgh team. I think they're fantastic. But you're only as good as your weakest link, and 
unfortunately, I think Tristan Jari is the weakest link on that team. I'm just not a fan. Um, yeah, I see that stat from February 6th to May 4th at 22-6-2. But 22-6-2 and two, and you're still a 2.49 GAA with a 9.19 save percentage. Uh, to me, those numbers should be better than that. Um, to me, that's just showing that the team in front of you is just playing that much better. So I'm not high on Jari at all, but... Yeah, I, I guess I'm not saying he's going to win the Vesna. I really what I like about Jari is that I think he's a serviceable starter on a good team, and I think his value—he's—he's he's a value yeah. pick, right? You're going to get him a little bit later in the draft. Yeah, <clears throat> but but all valid points by you for sure. Although I don't like the negativity. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, what are your thoughts on Jari? Uh, I'm going to go with the under, but just under. So, um, like you said, he. Uh, his, their season didn't end well last year, but I think I think very much that's going to be a learning experience for him. So he's going to come into camp and he's going to he's going to want to prove that he's he can be there, right? So we're yep. hopefully going to see that uh, that twenty two six and two record like he we went through between February and May, and I'm hoping everybody hates him just like John, so that I can pick him up in the late round, so I can win my draft this year. Yeah, I I just did a one of those Yahoo mock drafts here recently and, and I got Jari like I think it was my second last pick um, yeah but again take that with a grain of salt because it's just it's so random right now it's just so early in the in the season but okay yep agreed um, I'm going to take the over if I have to I don't I don't actually think he's going to make over 33 wins to be to be honest but I I'm going to stay positive here <laughs> Um, okay, let's move on here. Jack Campbell, Toronto, 2020 ADP of 79.6, 6.11 fantasy points per game, 918 save percentage, 796 high danger save percentage, 38 wins, four shutouts. Toronto's team point percentage was 688 last year in the North Division, and their goal differential was plus 39. So with Anderson out, Jack Campbell kind of came in. He had an 11 game winning streak, looked really good, took over the starting gig. Kind of didn't look back. He's got pedigree. He was the 11th overall pick in 2010. Um, in 22 games, he went 17, 3, 2, and 2 with a 921 save percentage, which was 11th, a 2.15 goals against average, and a 59.1 quality start percentage. Um, he's going to split some time with Mrazic, but I my expectation, guys, is that it's going to be him as the guy. He's going to get between 45 and 50 starts. Do you guys think that's realistic, or is he going to be more of a tandem with Mrazic? I think it's going to be more of a tandem when they're going to go with whoever has the hot hand. Okay. I think that's how that's basically going to shake out because that's, uh, I'm not expecting much out of either Campbell or Morazic this year. They're going to have to play really well in the division that Toronto's in, and I'm not sure either of them are going to be up to that task. Yeah, it's a tough division. So you're you're fading those guys then, the, the Toronto goaltending? Oh, can't. <laughs> Matthews better put up 60 goals this year because if Campbell and Morazic can't stop the puck, they're going to need somebody to put it in on the other side. They're going to have to go. They're going to have to go 80s Oilers on some teams if that's how it's going to go. It's. <laughs> I just. I don't know. I. I actually, if if Anderson would back there, I'd give him more of a chance than using Morazic and and Campbell. Okay, interesting. Uh, John, what do you think there? Is 45 like do you, as a starter? Or you think it's um. I want to say starter. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with starter. 
just because of the way he did play uh, last year there with that 11-game winning streak. Uh, they they were really high on him there. Uh, with Miraza coming in, yeah, it's going to give some opposition there. But uh, I think that it's his crease to lose. And um, if he does have a bad couple games, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Mrazic does get thrown in there. And um, it could all of a sudden turn into a tandem. But I think, as of right now, I think it's Jack Campbell's. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page here. Uh, so over-under here, boys. Do you think 30 wins and three shadows is what I've got for Campbell? Do you like the over-under, John? Uh, I'm going to take the over on that. Me too. Bruce? I'm going under. He's not going to get anywhere close to 30 wins. Okay. So negative, I was like, Bruce. man. Who hurt you? Who hurt you? <laughs> what goalie do you like in this list other than Vasilevsky and Camper? I mean, those are two uh, goals. We're, uh, we're coming up on the next one here is pretty good. And I, I do like Leonard in that, but I I have, I just don't have any faith in, in Campbell. Like he's, he's played well for the Leafs, but the competition he had to work with in playing in the North Division isn't going to be near what he had to play against, what he's going to have to play against now. Yeah. And when push came to shove, he fell apart in the playoffs. Like he couldn't, they needed a save from him in the playoffs and they couldn't get it. Granted, the team in front of him didn't play worth crap yeah. either, but you need a goalie if the team in front of you is not going to play. He's got to pick up his game to do that. And and Campbell couldn't do that. So I... I yeah, just, it's, it's a combination of team play and the goalie, right? They, they all have yeah. to take equal blame in that situation, yeah. but... Um, and if he, yeah. if he plays well and proves me wrong, well, perfect. I have no trouble being proven wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think he will go maybe a bit higher than... I'd be willing to pay anyway, like just based on what he did last higher. year. Right. So, okay, well let's get to this one then. Cause Bruce apparently likes some, uh, Linus Olmark from, or for Boston, 2020 ADP, 174.5 fantasy points per game of 5.35, 911 save percentage, 805 high danger save percentage, 41 wins, three shutouts. Uh, Boston's team point percentage was 652 and their goal differential was plus 32. So I'm just going to say right away, for, for Linus Olmark to maintain a 9-11 save percentage and a GAA under three in Buffalo is <laughs> utterly remarkable. Like, I don't know how Absolutely. he actually did it. Absolutely. So I, I, how do you not include this guy in the discussion, right? Um, yeah. His, his save percentage is the same as Freddie Anderson, Jake Allen, Mackenzie Blackwood, Peter Morazic, Jacob Markstrom, and just behind Carey Price, who was at 9-12. Yeah. In, yeah. Buffalo. <laughs> in Buffalo. In Buffalo. I and you know you know what's funny is I didn't really know much about him in Buffalo. Like you never heard his name. Well no, it was such a goaltender roulette there, right? For Yeah. Because he had his injury and then yeah, they just went through goaltenders, but it's all well, they they that's Buffalo was a goaltender shredder. It's that's basically what that team has been. It's a goaltender shredder. So like I've got my thoughts on the situation. My only concern for Allmark for next season is they've got Swayman there as his his partner. Maybe maybe it's a tandem. Maybe maybe they give the reins to Allmark. Uh, but they've also kind of got Rask sitting, waiting in the wings too, right? Like it sounds like, and this came out recently, Rask wants to come back and play for cheap next season. And he said he'd be ready to go sometime in January. So that kind of throws a wrench into things. Uh, my expectation is that they're probably going to end up sending Swayman down and running with Allmark Rask in in January, right in the second half of the season. So, is Swayman uh, waivers eligible? 
It's a good question, Bruce. I, I thought he was. Don't quote me on that, obviously, but that I, I was reading an article and they're talking about that would kind of be the, the logical solution is to send Swayman down. He is waivers exempt. Okay. There you go. So what I'm guessing what you're gonna see happening is is they're gonna let they're gonna go with Olmark and then once Rask comes back from injury and signs for the league minimum, they'll put Swayman they'll return Swayman to the AHL and they're gonna run with Rask and Olmark and oh boy. <laughs> that's so, gonna be fun. Well, yeah, that's that's a good goaltending tandem for Boston. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. So I, I I'd like to hear from both of you. If you're approaching that goaltending tandem or that situation in Boston, like what are you doing for fantasy for next season? Are you totally fading Boston goalies, or are you trying to target Olmark? Or what's what's your thoughts? I'm I'm targeting Olmark, so his ADP is going to be higher, obviously, than 174 from last year. He's going to go higher than that, but definitely. If uh, yeah, if someone doesn't reach for him, definitely, and then as the season progresses, probably. Well, Swayman will be on the wire probably to start the season, I'm guessing. You'll see him on the waiver wire. And then someone will pick up probably a month or so before Rask comes back. You'll see people stashing Rask. And and then you'll see if Olmark waivers, then you'll see you'll see Rask play some more. So Rask will get some playing time closer to the playoffs. And then going into the playoffs, they'll probably give Rask, or the, sorry, Olmark to start in the playoffs. And then if he falters... They got Ross to pick him up, and okay. yeah, I, I I like I really like the goaltending scenario because even if Olmark or Ross get hurt again, they got Swayman coming up there to, and he played well last year at the end of the season, so I really like their goaltending situation. Okay, John, what? Yeah, give me your thoughts on that situation there. Um, I like Olmark in there. Um. Rask has been a great tender for a lot of years, but he's had he's had his decline. And Allmark, I see him jumping there and just running with ship. And uh, yeah, I I don't see him turning back from it. I'm definitely going to be taking the over on this one. Yeah, it's pretty conservative. Like I've got 28 wins and two shutouts, and that was mostly just due to some of the confusion between Swayman and Rask and what happens where, but. Uh, Bruce, do you like the over the under on twenty eight wins, two shutouts? I think it'll be over. I think he'll be he'll blow past that with no problem yeah. at all. I will take the over as well. Okay, let's move on to Freddie Anderson in Carolina. Twenty twenty ADP fifty three point six, five point nine five fantasy points per game, nine eleven save percentage, uh, seventy eight wins, four shutouts. Team point percentage in Carolina last year was seven fourteen, and the goal differential was plus forty three. So last year, Carolina had the third-ranked power or penalty kill at 85.2%. Uh, the second-ranked power play at 25.6. That's an improvement over Toronto, where their special teams are ranked 16th, um, which is 20% of the power play, and the PK was 78.6%. So that itself, I think, should bump his value a little bit. Um, it, like Nate said earlier, he's been on the decline, right, for the past three seasons. His save percentage and goals against average has gone down each year from 917 to 909 to 895 last year. Um, his GSAA, his goal is saved above average has been on the decline as well. So there's definitely some risk here, but he's going to a, probably, you could argue, you could argue a, a better team, right? They might be similar, but, um, at least in terms of special teams, it looks like they're the, the stronger squad right now. Um, 
I don't know. So there's some risk there, but people might also, they, they, I think they're kind of down on Anderson, right? Like I think, I think both of you, you know, Bruce, you alluded to it earlier. You're, you're down on Anderson. You know, a lot of, of, of uh, confidence there, do you? Yeah. I'm, I'm concerned for the goaltending in Carolina is Anderson's been on the decline. Ranta has spent more time off the ice than on the ice the past few seasons. I've, I think Carolina has taken a decent step backwards in their goaltending from last year to this year. I fully expected Adelkovic to be to be the guy here in Carolina, and the fact that he's in Detroit just boggles my mind. As Especially I, for the price, like, I, they had to save their money because they were paying Cockney and Emmy six million, so they had to save a million somewhere. Yeah, you know, the more I think, I just truly don't like. So you didn't sign Hamilton, right? You let Hamilton walk. You let Adelkovic go. Um, you bring in Anderson and Ranta. And and now you offer sheet Kakanami for six months. Like I just these are not good moves in my estimation. Yeah. Well, I knew but, Carolina had they had interest in Kakanami for quite some time. They've they've tried to pick him out of Montreal. They've tried to trade for him a few times. And Montreal has said no. And now finally it's like, well, we're just gonna do this. And now it's Yeah. John, what so, what's your thoughts on the goaltending there in Carolina and Freddie Anderson for um, next season? My thoughts are exactly what Bruce said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was going to be Nedeljkovic in there. Um, Freddie Anderson, not a fan at all. Um, he's on the decline. I don't see that changing at all. Um, Rant is always injured, it seems. So, yeah, uh, I'm worried for that uh, Hurricanes um, net. Okay, so you're you're taking I, the under then on 34 wins and three shutouts? Definitely taking the under on that one. Okay, Bruce. Yeah, I'm definitely on the under there too. I'm gonna take the over just because I think Carolina is that good, but I'll probably be wrong next year and I'll eat some crow. That's okay. I'm hoping there's a different goalie in there by midseason. <clears throat> okay. Let's move on to Spencer Knight. Um obviously wasn't drafted last year. His uh, fantasy points per game at 7.55. Limited sample size, guys, here. Keep that in mind. Uh, 9.19 or nine nineteen save percentage. He's only got four wins, zero shutouts. Um, he had four wins in four games at the end of the regular season, and then he went on to steal two starts from Bobrovsky and Drew in the playoffs. So his numbers over those six games are 5-1-0, 9.25 save percentage, 2.23 goals against average, and a 2.62 goal saved above average. Um, I think you know, we're, we're no different than everyone else out there. They, they're, they're high on Spencer Knight, right? I think we're, and, and the Florida Panthers. So there's no reason to think he, he won't do well next year beyond, um, the Panthers starting Bobrovsky. So I, let's just touch on that quickly. Uh, John, what are your thoughts? Is it gonna, is it gonna be Spencer Knight's net or are they going to start with Bobrovsky based on contract? Um, I really hope it's Spencer Knight's net. I really do. But based on contract, definitely. You, you don't really see them throwing Bobrovsky off to the side. So, um, yeah, I, I'm high on, on Spencer Knight. I think Bobrovsky's had some really good years. Just not not lately. I haven't been impressed. So, yeah, I, I, I'm all for Spencer Knight. Okay, and then Bruce, how do you see that situation shaking itself out or, or starting and then ending? 
Uh, they're going to start Bob and Ned at the beginning of the season. They're going to give Bob every opportunity to uh, to show that he's still a $10 million goaltender. I'm expecting that to last maybe the first month. And then Spencer Nate's going to get in net and Bob is going to see nothing but press box after that. It's so he's going to, he's not going to see many games. If you're, if you're drafting next season, Bruce, are you, you're basically, you're, you're just, you're in a fade Wabrowski and are you going to grab Spencer Knight and just be patient with him? Like yep. if you're in the position to draft him, I'm not going to reach for him, but I'll draft him and be patient. Absolutely. Cause by, I'm thinking by the, the quarter turn of the season, Bobrovsky is going to be riding a whole lot of pine and Knight is going to be the one. If they want to win, because Bob's yeah. got to put up a whole lot better numbers than he did last year for, yeah. as many have said, he's going to be the most expensive backup goaltender in the league next year. Definitely. Okay, so that uh, begs the question, over or under on 25 wins and three shutouts for Spencer Def- Definitely over. Yeah, I agree. John? Uh, I'm taking over on that one too, for sure. Okay, good. We like Spencer Knight. We like the Florida Panthers. Uh, Thatcher Demko, 2020 ADP, 187.7, 5.41 fantasy points per game, 911 save percentage, 820 high danger save percentage, 31 wins, one shutout. The Canucks team point percentage was 446, and their goal differential was minus 37. It was a tough year for Demko and the Canucks having missed the playoffs, and they had a good chunk of the regular season, and a good chunk of the regular season due to COVID. The first quarter of the season was particularly rough for Demko. He was 4-6-0 and with an 8.99 save percentage and a 3.46 goals against average uh, and a negative 3.09 goals saved above average. So not trash. good for him. Uh, however, from February, you say trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not good. Uh, but again, so I did some research here and, and looked at later in the season from February 14th to May 18th. Here's Demko's numbers. 12-12-1, one shutout, 9-21 save percentage, 2.60 goals against average, and 11.17 goals saved above average. So vastly improved past his first 10 or so games. Um, with Vancouver making some some nice adjustments this year as well, right? So they brought in OEL, which I know you guys don't love, but he's still a serviceable top four defenseman. Uh, Connor Garland, who should play in the top six. I, I, think, I think Vancouver is going to do okay this year. And I think Thatcher Demko is going to bounce back as well. So the over-under here, 30 wins, two shutouts. John, give me your thoughts on Demko. And uh, are you taking the over or the under? Um, I think Demko is a solid goalie, actually. Um, the only thing is I don't like the rest of the team. So I'm going to take the under on this one. Just barely, but I'm going to take the under. Okay. Bruce? Uh, kind of like John, too. I'm... I'm under, but it's just, just under. Um, The big thing is the Pacific is going to be, basically it's going to be Vegas, probably Edmonton, and then it's a crapshoot. So it's, uh, I, he's going to be very close to 30 wins and they've got Halak there too. So to help the kid out. So I, yeah, it's for me, it's under, but it's just under because it, it could be well. The Pacific's going to be a wild ride through for this. There's everyone's outside of possibly Edmonton and Vegas. Everything's kind of middling, so it could be it could be real interesting. So yeah, okay. But they've they've done it. I think they've done enough to bolster their forward talent. Um, 
reading reading on OLE, I kind of growing on me a little bit that I think <laughs> that just a little. Oh, and yeah, John, I, no, he's still shaking his head. John's still shaking his head. <laughs> so, you know what? OLE's not going to, he's not, he's not the one there to carry the load, right? That's going to be, they're going to drop that on user's shoulders, right? So, yeah, he's not going to have to carry the load. So, I think overall, yeah, we could definitely see a bounce back from him. And two, he'll take, he could take, depending on how they've set, how they set up the power play, take some pressure off him there. Oli will probably end up getting more defensive starts than Hughes will, but all in all, I think it's going to be very, very close to those numbers for Demko in, in Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. He could prove me wrong here. I'm, I'm going to take the under as well. It'll be close, I think, but uh, yeah, well, I'll go with the under. Um, Calvin Peterson. So again, we just talked about him briefly with Nate, but his 2020 ADP was 192.4. His fantasy points per game was 5.07, 916 save percentage, 837 high danger save percentage, 19 wins, one shutout. The Kings had a 438 team point percentage and their goal differential was minus 27. So, you know, another case of a, a good goaltender on a not so good team. But he's been a solid goaltender through his first 54 starts, posting a 916, like I said. Uh, it's actually 23rd, ranked 23rd the past three seasons. 12.26 goal saved above average and a 50% uh, quality start rate. So pretty good stuff there. And he's just had four really bad starts, which is in my mind is pretty good given the team he's playing for. Um, again, we talked about this earlier, but they're, they're improved with, with Arvidsson and Philip Deneau and Alexander Edler, and they've got some really good young players there. So I do think that the Kings are going to be a little better than people expect them to be this season and playing in the, the Pacific division. They've got an opportunity to steal some games, um, especially from teams like the K or uh, from San Jose, right? For example, or, or Anaheim or any of the, Seattle. Uh, any of the California teams, right? Like it's just, there's lots of, yeah. So I, I think they could be a lot better than people are expecting, but give me your thoughts here, Bruce. What do you, what are your thoughts on Calvin Peterson hearing Nate talk and just kind of looking at some of the numbers and the team in general? Well, after listening to Nate talk and some of the goalies who've been going through this list, I really like his zero G thing because I think there are a lot of these guys are going to be available in those later rounds. And yeah, like he's talking about Peterson here, you look at his stats, what he did again in LA, which the, since they won their Stanley cup have been terrible. Like really yeah. it's, it's yeah. They, they've sure. been terrible. Right. So like you look at the over and under on this, I think he's going to be slightly over what you've got there. I think yeah, the 23 wins. Is, I think he's going to be slightly over. And he's going to, like Nate said, I think he's going to be a sneaky, a sneaky good late round pick for somebody this year. Yeah, I'll go back. And do you remember what Nate said for wins? He was higher. He was like 28 wins or something, I think. But Something in that range, yeah. Yeah, so take it for what it's worth. Yeah, that's uh, he could be closer to 30 wins maybe. So yeah. I'll take the over two. I actually, he's a guy that I, I like for later picks uh, in the draft. But Bruce, or sorry, John, um, Calvin Peterson, over under, what do you um, think about him? I'm going to take the over on that one as well. Uh, like you guys, I think we're all going to be fighting for him later in the draft if he's still there. Um, I like what I see from the guy. I like what I see from the Kings. And yeah, uh, I'm taking the over. Uh, yeah, I guess his ADP, like, you know, 192.4 yeah. last year. 
So he was he was almost undrafted last year, right? Like he, yeah. Chances are he's going to be close in that range again this year. Okay, that was all we had for tier two. So now tier three, um, we've actually just got two goaltenders here, and one of them in our in our rankings spreadsheet, he's actually he falls into tier two, but his numbers have just been so bad that I I kind of <laughs> just said we'll discuss him in tier three, and that's Carter Hart from Philadelphia. Uh, if you were one of those people, one of the fantasy managers that drafted him last year at an average of forty seven point three, you were definitely not happy. Um, nope. Fantasy points per game, 4.96. When when you consider that a win is five points and he's below that on average, um, that's not good. Save percentage, 905. High danger save percentage, 802. 49 wins, one shutout. Team point percentage in Philly last year was 518, and the goal differential was minus 38. So, I mean, no secret, Carter Hart was one of the biggest disappointments last season in both fantasy and reality. Uh, many fantasy managers expected big things from him, and it just didn't come to fruition. However, Philly has made some big changes this offseason. They brought in Ellis, Rasmus Ristolainen, Keith Yandel, Cam Atkinson. They locked up Sean Couturier. Um, they're going to be a lot better next year. They're, I, I understand they're playing in a tough division too, but I, I think they're they're a playoff team for next year. Um, Hart, in my opinion, is a he's a boomer bust pick. If you can get him later in the draft, by all means, like take a chance on the kid. But by absolutely no means grab him early right i think that's just that's a recipe for disaster and you'll be shaking your your fist later on so um i've got the over under here at 30 wins and three shutouts i'm gonna take the over just because i like the the potential in philly but bruce give me your thoughts do you like philly do you like the over under go i'm like you i like the uh i like the over i think it'll be just over but uh, I've pretty much given up my goalie draft strategy for this season already in this podcast. So, uh, yeah, there's lots of people that are going to absolutely hate Carter Hart. He's going to, and I'm really hoping he drops to the bottom where I can pick him up because I, yeah, I think he's going to come back and he's going to come back big this year. So, yeah, I think he's going to be one of the bounce back players of the year. Honestly, yeah, I think so too. So he had had his struggles last year. He's going to get that stuff figured out, and he's he's going to get back in the win column. Okay, John, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm torn. Uh, I was at first first I was gonna say the under, but yeah, I think I might go with the over on this one. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Philly right now. Uh, who knows? Early in the season, I might change my mind on that one, but uh, <laughs> I think Carter Hart's gonna have a bounce back year, and he's a guy who can, I believe, put a team on his shoulders once he gets going. So uh, I'm excited for that. So uh, I'm going to take the over on that one too. See, the thing I like about Philly's moves, it, it seems to me like on defense anywhere, they're kind of putting the right people in the right places. Like now you've got Provorov, who's kind of a, he's a two-way workhorse. Ellis is more, you know, offensive. But, you know, having Ristolainen there, he can do some of the heavy lifting. Um Keith Yandel is a guy who's just a power play specialist. Like they've got some, they just didn't have that last year, right? And they didn't trust Goss to spare. Um, they've got Joel Farabee, who should be good this year. Travis Konechny, Giroux, JVR. Sean Couturier has been really good. Um, you know, we talked about him in our in our centers episode. Um, so yeah, I mean, just lots to like there anyway. Uh, I think they'll do well this next year. 
And then our last goalie to to talk about tonight is is Pavel Francouz from Colorado. Uh, you guys are probably going to disagree with me, but I after the the camper conversation, I don't know if I even want to talk about <laughs> it. But twenty twenty eight EP is one seventy two point seven fantasy points per game, six point two one. Um, save percentage, 923, high danger save percentage, 810, 21 wins, one shutout. Like I said earlier, the Colorado point percentage is 732 and the goal differential is plus 64. So with a 923 save percentage, which was actually seventh and a 2.40 goals against average, which was 13th, uh, 12.64 goals saved above average and a 52.9 quality start percentage through his first 36 NHL games. He's been very serviceable for Colorado. He missed all of last season. A lot of fantasy managers have either faded him or forgotten about him. Um, so I think he'll be a good value pickup or streamer. I guess, you know, I'm thinking more of a streamer. And uh, he's just someone I'd probably add to my watch list. He's going to go undrafted, almost certainly, right? But keep an eye on this guy because I I still do think that uh, Kemper is going to go down with injury at some point. So um, you guys, give me give me your thoughts. Well, I kind of already know what they are, but... Uh, you know, give me your rebuttal on, on Francis. And then the over under here is 21 wins and one shutout. So John go. Um, I'm taking the under on this one just cause I'm hoping Kemper's healthy for the whole season. <laughs> um, if Kemper's not healthy for the whole yeah. season, yeah. then yeah, he definitely has a chance of making the over on that. But, um, I know those are solid numbers, but he also has a solid team in front of him. So I'm, I'm not going to say I'm super high on the guy, but, uh, if Kemper stays healthy, he's not going to have a whole lot of opportunity. I don't think so. So yeah, that's why I'm sticking with the under on it. Fair enough. Bruce. I, I think I'm going to say I'm going to go with the under, but it's only going to be like, I think he'll get to 20 wins. I think what we're going to see is you mentioned earlier in the podcast with Kemper's injuries. I think what you're going to see in the beginning is they're probably going to split. They'll give Kemper three starts. They'll give him one start, and then they're gonna they're gonna see how Kemper holds up, right? If he holds up, then you could see that number expand out. If they see that he can't handle it, then you could see him getting some more some more starts. So okay. I think you're yeah. going to see a lot of people that have that picked up Kemper early are probably going to pick up Pavel in the late rounds or like the last two rounds as a handcuff to him. Just yeah. in case, because obviously his numbers have shown he can he can do well. And last uh, not last year, two years ago when Grubauer went down in the playoffs, he did really well for them. Yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, and and that's mostly why I mentioned him, right? Just his his numbers, his peripherals have been solid. It's a it's an elite team, and there is injury concern with Kemper, whether you guys like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <John>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, I, I don't have anything else there, guys. Anything else uh, on Francis before we move on here? No, I nope. think I, good. Crickets, okay. Um, well, guys, just as as we've done in the past editions of the How to Win Your Fantasy Hockey League series, we've included the top 30 goaltenders for wins over the past three years. No surprise, like I said, Vasilevsky's the top, followed by Hellebuck, Fleury, Bobrovsky, shockingly, and then Anderson. Uh, but take a look at that. We've got the top 30 goalies in terms of shutouts. Marc-Andre Fleury at number one with 19. Uh, top 30 goalies in terms of quality starts percentage. And I just want to take a second and give a shout out to Dauber Hockey. Um, quality start percentage is a metric that those guys use. It's a, it's a quality to start 
a quality start is defined as a save percentage uh, above the league average or in games with fewer than 20 shots and a save percentage uh, above 0.885. So just those are kind of the the metrics um, for a quality start. Go check out Dauber Hockey. They've got some really great stuff there too. But uh, number one, Jeremy Swayman, 90% quality start rate. Ilya Sorokin at 68.2. Philip Gustafson and then Darcy Kemper is actually number four. So just for everyone's knowledge, for you fanboys of Darcy Kemper, two of which are on the podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then top 30 goalies for high danger, save percentage, minimum of 10 games played. Swayman's at the top of that list at 0.895. Then Laurent Brassois at 0.88. Philip Grubrauer, uh, Igor Shosturkin, just some names to keep in mind there. Oh, and of course, Alex Nedeljkovic at number six. But uh, he's not very good. Why keep him, right? So just ship him off to Detroit. All right. He'll do well for them. <laughs> yeah, he will. Uh, last thing here, last segment, I guess, just really quickly, we're going to go through bounce back candidates and breakout candidates because we're starting to run a bit long here now. So uh, really quickly, Bruce, we, we, it's a short list this week, but you know, out of that list there, who do you like for bounce back candidates? Carter Hurts. I think yeah. Carter's going to bounce back and he's going to figure out what all happened to him last year. He's going to get his confidence back and he's going to play lights out for Philly. It, they're going to be a they're going to be a team to watch out for because they've got some good forward depth. Like you said, they improved their defense and Hart will have his game back together. And he's my, he's my candidate for bounce back. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to go with Ilya Samson off here right away. I think Nate mentioned him in a lot of the reading I've been doing. Everyone sort of seems to think that's going to be the case is he'll bounce back next season. It could still be a tandem with, with uh, Vanacek. And I think if you do draft Samson off, you're going to have to just keep that in mind and potentially handcuff him. But he can't be any worse than he was last year. Hopefully he's not fighting COVID as much as he was last year. Things kind of get back to normal. Um, that, that's my thoughts on him anyway. So, John, any any guys you want to talk about there? Uh, I, see, I see Jari and Anderson on the list here, but... Um, <laughs> I, I, was gonna say, man, I was like, <laughs> as soon as Bruce took heart, I was like, okay, I got to talk about Samsonov because I was like, there's no way I can talk about the other ones. But uh, no, I'm hoping Jerry has a bounce back here. Um, there, the potential is there that he's got the team in front of him to help him with that. And uh, if he bounces back, that that Pittsburgh team is going to be uh, quite quite an elite squad there. And um, I could see them going real far if uh, Jerry learns how to play hockey. Okay, good stuff. Uh, breakout candidates, we're just going to kind of beat a dead horse here. I just, it's basically the guys that we talked about. Um, so we've got Spencer Knight, Linus Allmark, Calvin Peterson, and Thatcher Demko is kind of a breakout candidates for this upcoming season. Um, I'll, I'll just ask you guys separately here. So Bruce, of those four guys, which one do you like most and why? Uh, Allmark, he's got, he's in the best position of the four of them being your starting goaltender for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, that's, uh. That's a great way to define breakout right there. That's that's the perfect definition. Yep. Okay. Uh, John? Uh, Allmark is in the best situation, but I think uh, Spencer Knight, he's got something real special ahead of him there. And uh, especially with the team in front and uh, just the way we know he, he can play. Uh, if he can manage to keep Bobrovsky sitting on the pine, then I I see good things ahead for Spencer Knight. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I realistically it probably is 
one of Spencer Knight or Linus Hallmark, but I, I'm going to go with Calvin Peterson just based on I'll, I'll define breakout as, you know, the, the team around him maybe wasn't meeting expectations or they're going to exceed expectations and, and he wasn't relatively known. So I, I think he's got a lot of potential there too. And I do think LA is going to be better. Uh, and then playing in the P- Pacific division too, I think he's got some potential. So I'll go with Calvin Peterson as my breakout candidate for next season. And with that guys, uh, one thing I, I didn't mention earlier and, and Nate, my apologies, but he had sent us uh, his rankings for next year and they're actually, they're awesome. Uh, he broke them down into some different tiers. Um, you know, it's, it's studs, starters in, in good spots, starters in questionable spots and duos in good spots. Like it, it's kind of, it's broken out in a neat way. Um, you heard him on the pod. He, he knows what he's talking about. So I, I'm going to include the link uh, for his rankings in the show notes. So definitely go to our website, fantasyhockeyhacks.com. Um, I'm going to send it out through social media as well. So our Instagram account, Fantasy Hockey Hacks, uh, our Twitter account at FH Hacks. Be sure to check those out. We're going to release those tomorrow. And then next week, um, we're going to kind of just package all this up and put it into our, our version of the of a Fantasy Hockey Guide uh, podcast edition. So we'll talk about some breakout candidates and some bounce backs and some rookies to keep an eye on and um, some different things like that. So watch for that episode next week. And then beyond that, guys, I think we're going to start getting into some... Uh, divisional previews just ahead of the the regular season there so um yeah keep an eye out for that so with that guys thanks again that was a great episode really enjoyed having nate on um we'll try and do some more of that bring on nate or some other guests and and just continue to bring out some some really good content so uh and then one final thing guys please go and check out nate's um apples and genos dot wordpress.com or his twitter account and uh and his discord server as well could be some good value there for you moving on in the season. So any other thoughts guys, before we uh, close out the show? Uh, just one thing I was looking through the uh, top 30 goalie wins. Guess who's number 10. Who's number 10 Mar- Bruce Martin Jones. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. You, you wouldn't have thought the way, way everyone beats the crap out of him that he'd be in top 10 and wins in the past three years. Well, that's right? just, yeah, so that's just saying how good the rest of the team was around him at some point, because yeah, because yeah, you'll go down. So in shutouts, he was twenty fourth with six, and then when you get down to the percentages, he's not even in the top thirty. That's crazy. So that means there's a backup goaltender out there somewhere that's ahead of him. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right? j- I just I saw the list and I'm like, holy crap, really? <laughs> but so hey, just re- he- re- really quickly here, two guys, just so we know. Tristan Jari has 45 wins and he's 29th on that list. So just, just a little bit behind Darcy Kemper. Yeah. Kemper had 53 wins. He had 45. So, I mean, it's, there's, there's some value there. I, I don't know. You just, it's just, yeah, but Kemper was playing on as an Arizona squad when Pittsburgh, or when, when, <laughs> no, when Jari was playing with Pittsburgh. Like, let's be real here. <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know. I'll let it, I'll let it go. Okay. With that guys. Thanks again. Awesome show. Um, and, and thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, we really appreciate you. So we'll talk to everybody soon. Have a good night, everyone. Hey, good night, everybody. Take care.